0: Welcome to Business English Pod, a great way to improve your English skills on the go.
1: Criticizing someone in the right way. We all make mistakes, and learning how to correct them is an important part of doing business. But what about when other people make mistakes? It's a good idea to learn how to criticize in a professional manner without causing offense especially if you're talking to an employee. There are ways of telling someone they didn't do their work as completely, correctly, or accurately as they might have. In this podcast lesson, we'll focus on some techniques you can use to criticize in a way that won't cause offense. We'll also introduce you to some useful phrases to help you achieve this. You're now going to listen to a short dialogue. You'll hear Mr. Brown talking to Sandra, one of his employees, about some work she has done recently. I've read over your report, and I think there are some great details in it. There are a few things, however, that I think need to be changed. So today, I'd just like to point out some areas for improvement.
2: Okay. Actually, there were a few things I wasn't totally happy with, so I'd appreciate hearing your comments.
1: First of all, I think it would have been better to break the data down into months instead of quarters, because I think that will give us a clearer idea of what's going on. As this is a report for the sales staff, they use the monthly statistics to help them plan their monthly sales meetings.
2: Okay, yeah. That makes sense. Monthly instead of quarterly statistics. I'll start doing that. Thanks.
1: Next... I'm not sure if it was a good idea to include the sales results of individual sales staff. I can see why you did it, but I'm not sure if it's good for morale. Introducing a certain amount of competition is good, but I don't think you should include it in this report.
2: I take your point. I was a little unsure about including this.
1: Let me just check on my notes. Um, yes, I see you omitted the report from the Berlin office. This should have been included. Remember that you always need to include the four main offices, London, New York, Berlin, and Tokyo. The other smaller offices can be included if the information is sent to you in enough time. But those four offices should always be included.
2: Right, so the four offices should always send data for the report on time.
1: Yes, and let me know if they aren't sending it in time. I also think it would have been a good idea to break down the sales by product line. It seems to me that you have the sales figures done as a comprehensive total here. But in my mind, you should have broken it down into the three divisions. So you do one section for durable goods, one section for retail, and one section for the wholesale division. Do you understand what I mean?
2: I think so. You're basically saying that I need to write three separate reports, then.
1: Well, for the main part of the information, yes. The corporate information should be together and the introduction, share price, and R&D information can all be in one section. But it wasn't a good idea to include the product information all together. You ought to have asked me if you weren't clear on this.
2: I'm clear on that now. Thanks for your feedback.
1: The first thing you might have noticed while listening to the conversation was how seldom Mr. Brown strongly criticized Sandra. Criticizing someone using strong language like you should have done this and you shouldn't have done that might make you feel better at the time, but it certainly won't make your employee feel better. Strong criticism, even if it is justified, is likely to cause offense, and this can be counterproductive in terms of getting the best out of someone. Mr. Brown begins by saying, I've read over your report, and I think there are some great details in it, There are a few things, however, that I think need to be changed. So today, I'd just like to point out some areas for improvement. Before criticizing what someone has done, it's best to first make a positive comment. And this is exactly what Mr. Brown does. He tells Sandra that there are some great details in her report. Then he mentions that he'll be pointing out some areas for improvement. A positive start is important to set the mood of the conversation. The person being criticized is much more likely to take on board any later criticism in a positive manner if they know that some of their work is appreciated. Here are some other ways of starting positively. On the whole, I've been very happy with your performance, but... You've done good work on the project. However... You've handled the situation very well. There are some areas, however. Sandra's first response indicates she's ready to listen to Mr. Brown's comments. Her positive response shows she probably won't view his comments in a negative manner. Let's hear her again.
2: Okay. Actually, there were a few things I wasn't totally happy with, so I'd appreciate hearing your comments.
1: Now that the scene has been set positively, Mr. Brown can begin pointing out the faults and omissions in Sandra's report. However, you'll have noticed that he doesn't only point out the problems, he also suggests solutions. Let's hear his first comment again. First of all, I think it would have been better to break the data down into months instead of quarters because I think that will give us a clearer idea of what's going on. As this is a report for the sales staff, they use the monthly statistics to help them plan their monthly sales meetings. There are different degrees of criticism. Instead of directly criticizing and saying something like, you shouldn't have broken the data down into quarters, he gently suggests a better course of action. He uses the phrase, I think it would have been better to. So instead of a negative criticism, he uses a positive suggestion. He also gives a good reason for the suggested change. Here are some other phrases you could use to gently suggest a better course of action instead of criticizing what someone has already done. I think it would be better to... Perhaps it would have been better to... I also believe it would have been a better idea to... It might be preferable to... My preference would have been to... I think you should have. You probably ought to have. Sandra responds positively to Mr. Brown's suggestion because he has not directly criticized her work and has explained how something could be improved. She says,
2: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Monthly instead of quarterly statistics. I'll start doing that, thanks.
1: Sandra agrees with the suggestion confirms she'll make the change, and even thanks him for his suggestion. Let's listen to Mr. Brown's next comment again. What technique does he use this time? Next, I'm not sure if it was a good idea to include the sales results of individual sales staff. I can see why you did it, but I'm not sure if it's good for morale. Introducing a certain amount of competition is good, but I don't think you should include it in this report. Here, Mr. Brown wants Sandra to omit something from her report. This time, he simply questions Sandra's action. He says, I'm not sure if it was a good idea to. This technique is good for discreetly pointing out a problem. But note that 1. He gave a reason for his comment, and 2. He explained that he understood why Sandra had included these sales results. Let's focus on the phrase, I'm not sure if it was a good idea to. This is a very indirect way of saying something is wrong. The direct equivalent of this phrase is, It was a bad idea to. Both phrases make the same point, but the tone of the indirect phrase is much softer and much less likely to cause any offense. Which one would you prefer to hear from your boss? Here are two other phrases you could use to question someone's action. I wonder if it was a good idea to... It probably wasn't such a good idea to... Once again, Sandra acknowledges Mr. Brown's comment in a positive manner. She says...
2: I take your point. I was a little unsure about including this.
1: She uses phrases like, I take your point, and... That makes sense, to show her agreement. Mr. Brown will be pleased to hear this from Sandra. It means she is taking on board what he's telling her. Next, Mr. Brown makes a comment on an important omission from Sandra's report. He says, Yes, I see you omitted the report from the Berlin office. This should have been included. Mr. Brown could have expressed a direct criticism by saying something like, you should have included the Berlin report. Using the phrase, you should have done, is a little like pointing your finger at someone. Instead, he points out the omission and then uses the passive phrase, this should have been included. Using the passive means that the speaker can avoid using the accusing you pronoun. In this case, it shifts the focus from Sandra to the omission. This is a good technique to use when criticizing someone as you can avoid directly blaming someone for a mistake. Once again, Sandra shows Mr. Brown she's in agreement. She does this by first agreeing and then summarizing what he's just told her.
2: Right, so the four offices should always send data for the report on time.
1: Note that Mr. Brown uses phrases that refer to the past rather than the present. Let's hear what he says next. I also think it would have been a good idea to break down the sales by product line. He uses the phrase, I also think it would have been a good idea, instead of, I also think it would be a good idea. Because he's referring to the work Sandra has already completed. It's common to use past tense phrases when commenting on or criticizing someone's work. The modal verbs should and ought to are also often used when criticizing. We say, you should have done, or you ought to have done, not you should do, and you ought to do. One structure gives criticism. The other structure gives advice. Be careful not to confuse the two structures. Mr. Brown ends the conversation by criticizing a little more directly. Let's listen again. The corporate information should be together, and the introduction, share price, and R&D information can all be in one section, but it wasn't a good idea to include the product information all together. You ought to have asked me if you weren't clear on this. Earlier in the conversation, Mr. Brown used the phrase, I'm not sure if it was a good idea to... Here he says, It wasn't a good idea to... By omitting the phrase, I'm not sure if, we make an indirect comment, direct. Sometimes, if you really want to get your point across, it's necessary to use stronger, more direct language. Mr. Brown finishes by saying, You ought to have asked me if you weren't clear on this. He could have used indirect phrases such as, Perhaps you ought to have asked me, or it might have been a good idea to ask me but these phrases would be taken less seriously than a more direct phrase. Direct criticism is sometimes necessary, but be very selective when you use it. Before criticizing an employee, start on a positive note and praise them for something good they have done. This sets the mood for the rest of the conversation. Try not to criticize too strongly. Use indirect phrases to point out faults and omissions. Use passive structures to avoid using the accusing you and remember to give your reasons. Use stronger, more direct structures to criticize when you want to really stress a point, but be careful not to cause any offense. People react in different ways to criticism. If you receive criticism, take your boss's comments on board and acknowledge that you will correct the fault or problem and finish off. By thanking them for their comments.
0: That's all for this Business English Podcast lesson. We hope you enjoyed listening. Business English Podcast is part of Workplace English Training eMagazine. To access the podcast transcript for this and other Business English Podcast lessons, you'll need to subscribe to Workplace English Training eMagazine at www.workplace-english-training.com. Workplace English Training eMagazine is a monthly interactive online magazine focusing on all aspects of business English training. It is suitable for pre-intermediate to advanced level learners. Each issue of the e-magazine is packed with interactive lessons to help you improve your business writing, speaking, listening, and vocabulary. Learning is challenging yet fun. Here's that subscription address once again, wwwworkplace english HyphenTraining.com.